Erev Tov, everybody. Welcome to another edition of our Thursday night Parashat Shavua class. Tonight's Shi'ur is sponsored by Mr. and Mrs. Moshe and Mercedes Ben Dayan, dedicated in memory of her son, Yitzchak Ben Tolila Zichronoli Bracha. May the wonderful words of Torah that we say tonight bring make a aliyatiz neshama and uh, provide him with a, a, a height to stand near Kisea Kabod with the uh, arousing words that we're going to speak this evening. Tonight I want to speak about <clears throat> Kiryat Yamsuf. Kiryat Yamsuf, the splitting of the sea. So you're probably wondering what in the world does that have to do with Parashat Vayera. Parashat Vayera deals with Abraham Avinu and of course Akedat Yitzchak. Achachamim teach us that in the merit that Abraham Avinu, in the Akedat Yitzchak, binding his son, Israel were granted the spectacular miracle of Kiryat Yamsuf, that God split the sea for the Jewish people when they left Mitzrayim. Where do they get this from? How do they learn this? It's an interesting statement, but it begs to, to for understanding. So the Pasuk tells us in this week's parashah, that Abraham Avinu woke up in the morning and he saddled his donkey, and he split the wood of the Ola, the wood that he was going to use to burn on the Mizbeach, and then he stood up and went to the place where God told him to go. The Midrash writes, Bishar shtei bekiot shebaka Abraham avinu atze ola in reward for these two splittings vaybaka atze ola that Abraham did zachal leibaka hayam lifnei bnei Yisrael the sea split before bnei Yisrael shneimar vaybaka atze ola bneimar lehalan vaybakeu amayim. Here it uses the term by Baka, split. Abraham Avinu split the wood, and there by the splitting of the sea, the Pasuk writes by Bakiwa Mine. So unbelievable. We deduce from these two acts of splitting the wood, Atse is plural, that Abraham split the wood twice, then Hakadosh Paruchu split the sea for Am Israel. The Harav Chida writes in his Sefer. On this perush on the Haggadah, on the pasuk and teilim, le gozer yamsuf ligzarim ki leolam hasto. To God who divided the yamsuf into parts, His chesed endures forever. Here too, ligzarim is in plural, teaching us that Hakadosh Baruch Hu split the sea into parts, in the merit of the two acts of splitting wood performed by Abraham Avinu. Clearly, the deeper connection between these two events require explanation. Number one, why was it necessary for our rabbis to assert that the sea split on behalf of Israel as a reward for Abraham Avinu splitting the wood twice? Seemingly, the sea should have split for Israel even as a reward for a single splitting of wood. Abraham Avinu just had to split it once and then the sea would have split, if that's indeed the connection. So why did Abraham Avinu have to do it twice? We can explain these, this Midrash based on a very, very beautiful passage brought down 
that the Satan employed all sorts of tricks and tactics to prevent Avraham and Yitzchak from fulfilling this mitzvah of Akedah. The Midrash writes that first the Satan appeared to Abraham as an elderly man. And the Satan tells Abraham, is an elderly man such as you going to forsake a son that was given to him at the age of a hundred? And Abraham says, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to do what God wants. And then the Satan disguised himself as a young man. And he stood in front of Yitzchak and he said, poor thing, you son of an unfortunate woman, that how many fasts did your mother have to go through? Amitaniot, did she have to fast just so that she would pray for you? And now you're going to let this man who's lost his mind slaughter you? And Yitzchak said, I will not disobey the Ratzon of Borei Olam, the, the will of my Creator. And then the Midrash writes, and it was on the third day. Since the distance was short, why was there a delay? The Midrash says, why was there a delay of the third day? And he, the Midrash writes, it was on that day where the Satan saw that they were not persuaded by his arguments. So the Satan disguised itself into a big river in front of Abraham and Yitzchak. And Abraham immediately went into the water and it reached his thighs. And he said to this lad, Yitzchak and the lad, follow me. And they followed him. And when he reached the middle of the river, the water was up to his neck. And at that moment, the Midrash writes, Avraham Avinu looked up and said, Master of the universe, you're the one who chose me. You appeared to me. And you said that you're going to create a nation through me. And I didn't delay. And you told me now that I'm going to have to slaughter my son. And I didn't delay either. So what is it? If you are causing this, if I and my son are going to drown now in this river, then who's going to represent your name? Nakados Paruchu said, I, on, my, on your life I swear that my name will be represented by you. And immediately Akados Paruchu rebuked the source of water and the river dried up and they stood on dry land. That's the Midrash. What do we see? We see a lot of similarities between the drying up of water for Abraham Avinu and Yitzchak on the way of performing Akedah, and the water turning into dry land when Bnei Israel left Mitzrayim. The Gemara says in Masechet Sota, Ze Omer en ani bayam, ve Omer en ani bayam. One tribe said, I'm not going down first. The other tribe said, I'm not going to go into the sea first. Everybody was scared. So Nachshon ben Amiradav from the tribe of Yehuda jumped forward into the sea first. And of him it is said, Save me, for the waters have reached until the soul. So look at the parallels that exist between the story of Abraham and Yitzchak and Nachshon ben Amiradav. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his life by going into the waters on the way to the Akedah. When the water reached his neck, he prayed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he said, the water is threatening my life and the life of my son. HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepted his tefillah and the water turned into dry land. Nachshon ben Aminadav was willing to sacrifice his life by, by jumping into Kiryat Yamsuf. He also prayed to God when the water reached his neck. The water threatening my life and in his merit the sea split for Bnei Israel.
So we see connections, we see parallels. But let's go deeper. Before any miracle can happen, there must be a symbolic act that gets performed down below, here on earth. And that is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu orchestrated the events as such. Abraham's act of self-sacrifice served as a symbolic act of Kriyat Yamsuf. And that's why the Chachamim say, as a reward for the two splittings of the wood that Abraham Avinu did for the wood of the Olah, he merited for the seed to split before Bnei Israel. By Bakua Maim, due to his Ruach HaKodesh, Abraham Avinu split the wood twice in preparation for the Olah. And he, pre- he prepared and he set the path for two miraculous splittings. The first miraculous splitting was a splitting of the river that was blocking Abraham and Yitzchak on the way to the Akedah. And the second splitting of wood was the miraculous splitting of Yamsuf for Bnei Israel during the Exodus. Beautiful Hidush. There is even a more profound connection between Akedat Yitzchak and Kediat Yamsuf. The Ramah Mipano in the Sefer Gilgulei Neshamot, he writes that Nachshon ben Aminadav reincarnated, he was later on in history, his Neshama came back into the body of a man named Yosef ben Simai. Yosef ben Simai was also a beneficiary of a miracle. Let me quote for you the Gemara that talks about the miracle that took place for Yosef ben Simai. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis taught in Abraita, Ma'aseh v'nafla deleka bechatseros shel Yosef ben Simai b'shichin. There was an incident where the courtyard of Yosef ben Simai in the city of Shichin caught fire on Shabbat. Ubau anshe gisterash shel tzipore lechabot mipenesha aputrupus shel melechaya. Men of the governor of Tzipori came to extinguish the fire, non-Jews, they came to extinguish the fire. Because this man, Yosef ben Simai, was a, a member of a parliament. He had a high position. So when they heard that the courtier was on fire, they all wanted to help him. But he didn't let them extinguish the fire. Because it was Shabbat. And a miracle happened. And rain came all of a sudden and extinguished the fire for, them, for him. When the rabbis heard that Yosef ben Simai told the non-Jews not to distinguish the fire, extinguish the fire, Amru, they said, He didn't really have to do this. If a non-Jew comes to extinguish something, don't tell him extinguish or not to extinguish. Let him do what he feels is right to do. Regarding this incident, the Ramami Pano writes that Yosef ben Simai was a reincarnation of Nachshon ben Aminadav who required a tikkun, required a rectification. Nachshon needed to fix something. Being that there's no man on earth that doesn't that is good and doesn't sin. And therefore, something had to happen. And I quote the passage of Ramami Pano because it's important to see. Ki nachshon ki shamayim al chotamo shel yam. 
We know that Nachshon ben Aminadav sanctified God's name by entering the water up to his neck. Vezei Yosef ben Simai haya gilgulo, and Yosef ben Simai was his reincarnation. Yan ki en tzadik pa'at asir yaseh tov velo yecheta. Now that we know that there is no tzaddik in this world who is perfect, everyone sins. And he sacrificed himself by jumping into the water and sanctifying God's name. Now he wanted to sanctify God's name with his money. Yosef ben Simai, who's, a nachshon, who's really Nachshon in a different body, wanted to sanctify him with his money. He wanted that his money's possessions burned to show his love for God. I am not going to extinguish this on Shabbat. No way in the world. I'm going to let everything I have burn. Just like a miracle happened to Nachshon when the water reached his neck, so too, the rain came and extinguished the fire that was in the courtyard of Yosef ben Simai. Okay, this is what he writes. So the question we need to explain is, what shortcoming did Nachshon ben Aminadav have that necessitated this reincarnation into Yosef ben Simai? That's number one. He said that he was missing something, and that's why he had to come back in a new body. Number two. We have to explain why Nachshon ben Aminadav was tested with water, requiring him to jump into the sea. But Yosef ben Simai was tested with fire, which prompted him not to even allow the non-Jews to extinguish the fire. And it was only after the rain fell and extinguished the fire for him. So these are our two things that we need to, to figure out. And Bezat Hashem, after tonight's year, we're going to walk out of here with a whole new understandings on how the Yetzehara works, the evil inclination. We're going to start now. Why did the Satan choose to delay Abraham and Yitzchak and interfere with their performance of the mitzvah de Akedah by forming itself into a big river in their path? Why couldn't it just uh, put a, a big palace, mansion, and just block the road? Why, why form itself into a big river? Elsewhere, we find that the Yetzirah takes the form of a burning fire. We see that. There's another story on this, uh, as a side point in Masechet Kiddushin, a story in, uh, involving Rab Amram HaChasid, Rab Amram HaChasid, that he was tempted by a woman's beauty, and he planned, Chas Shalom, to act immorally and sin with this woman, to save himself because he knew that the Yetzirah was enticing him to sin. To save himself, he screamed out, Nura be Amram. There's a fire in the house of Amram. And Rashi explains by when he screamed that, that shout, he sounded an alarm for all of his neighbors to come out and extinguish the fire. And he figured that if they're around him, he would be ashamed and the Yetzirah would be quiet. So we see that the Yetzirah not only comes in the form of water, like the big river, but it also comes in the form of fire. The Midrash writes that there are two types of Gehinam that HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses to punish the wicked. 
The Pasuk writes in Mishle, in the Eshet Chayil, Lo tira lebeta mishaleg kichol beta lavushanim. She fears not snow for her household because her household is clothed in scarlet wood, wool. And here the, the Chachamim write that the sentence of Resha'im, their jail time in Gehinam, is 12 months. Six months is in heat and six months is in cold. At first, HaKadosh Baruch Hu places the Resha'im in extreme heat. And when they feel the heat, they say, this is the Gehinam of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And afterwards, he takes him out into the snow, in which they say, this is the cold of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Arizal writes that the Gehinam of fire that God uses to punish the Rasha'im is designed to punish the people who transgressed a mitzvah lo ta'aseh a negative mitzvah. They had a desire to steal. The Torah tells you, don't steal. You had a desire to steal with passion and with fervor, and you stole, so God punishes you with the geinam of fire. The geinam of snow, on the other hand, is reserved for somebody who was lazy and didn't perform a mitzvah aseh, a positive mitzvah. You were supposed to go buy a lulav and a trog and shake it during Sukkot. But you were too lazy to go out and buy one. So because of that, God is punishing you with snow for that Avera. What exactly does he mean by this? There are 613 mitzvot. 248 mitzvot are positive mitzvot that require an active deed, like shaking the lulav. 365 mitzvot are lotase, such as don't steal, don't murder. Don't lie. That requires refraining from action. To fulfill the 248 mitzvot aseh, positive commandments, a person needs to employ the element of fire that arouses a passion in him and drives him to perform the mitzvot with a passionate fervor. That's what David HaMelech said, Ham libi My heart became hot in me. To, uh, the op, on the other hand, to avoid doing a sin, a transgression of a lotase, to avoid stealing, for example, a person needs to employ the element of water to cool himself off, to extinguish the fiery passion to do a sin. We need the water to cool you off. Now, obviously, water and fire oppose one another. If the element of fire prevails over that of water, the water is going to dry up due to the heat. And if the element of water prevails, then the water is going to extinguish the fire. So therefore, when a person wishes to fulfill one of the 248 positive commandments, he has to ignite the fire within him to prevail over the element of water that is trying to hold him back. And when his aim is to do the opposite, to avoid performing a lotase, I'm trying to hold back from saying Lashon Hara, then you have to stimulate the water inside of you to cool down the passionate fire that is driving you to transgress that Avera. Chas v'shalom. This is what the Arizal meant. There's a Braita that says, in, there's, a, there's a Braita in Masechet Sukkah, the Gemara Masechet Sukkah, that 
If the Yetzir Hara engages you, is enticing you, draw him into the Bet HaMidrash. Bring him, meaning, start learning Torah. If the Yetzir Hara is like stone, like a rock, it will dissolve. If it's like iron, it will shatter. If it's like a stone, he will dissolve because it, it, whoever, the, the, the Chachamim, uh, the Navi writes, whoever, whoever is thirsty, go get water, in reference to the Torah. And if it's like iron, it will shatter. It's another pasuk that in reference to in reference to the Torah, which is like fire. So we see that Torah not only contains a force of water, but also contains a force of fire. There are two types of Yetzir Hara, Rabotai. There's a Yetzir Hara of fire that ignites the element of fire in a person that is inciting him to, to commit an Avera. To overcome that, a person has to study Torah, which has the force of water, to extinguish and cool down the fire of the Yetzirah, the evil inclination. And there's also a Yetzirah of water. The Yetzirah of water is what is trying to convince you to cool down and be lazy and not perform a mitzvah. And therefore, you also study the Torah. Because by studying the Torah, which also has the force of fire, you're now strengthening the element of fire within to make you get up and have that passion to go and perform the mitzvah. This is why we call individuals Yereh Shamayim. They're God-fearing. Because Shamayim has a combination of Esh and Mayim. Fire and water. And therefore, a person who is God-fearing, a person who battles the Yetzirah, is described as Yereh Shamayim because he constantly fears the two types of Yetzirah, the fire and the water. When he's incited by the Yetzer Hara, a fire to commit an Avera, so he extinguishes it with the water of the Torah. And when the Yetzer of water is prevailing and he's becoming lax in his mitzvot, his observance of mitzvot, we dry up that water with the fire of the Torah. And this is what the Arizal meant, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes the Reshaim six months of Geinam, a fire for igniting the element of fire within them, to transgress the lotase, the negative commands. And he punishes them with six months of snow, of water, cold water, for cooling down that passion and being lax in their observance of mitzvot. Why is it? Now we can understand why is it that the Yetzirah sometimes confronts us with fire and sometimes with water. In that story of Rabbi Amram Hasid where he wanted to sin with that woman who was beautiful. His ordeal involved committing an avera of a lotase. And due to his tremendous kedushah, he was able to arouse the element of water inside him to cool down the element of fire. Nevertheless, the Yetzirah rallied all of its strength to cause him to fail. And therefore, the Yetzirah appeared to him how? As a blazing fire. It ignited the element of fire within him. And that's why Rashi said, what did he have to do? He had to alert his neighbors to come together and come extinguish the fire, his own fire, knowing that he would prevail over his Yetzirah by being ashamed in front of his neighbors. By calling out to people, he stimulated the element of water inside him to extinguish the fiery influence of the element of fire. At the time of Akedat Yitzchak, Abraham and Yitzchak woke up early in the morning 
with a holy enthusiasm to perform the mitzvah. They were burning, they're waiting, want to do this so badly. So in order to suppress that enthusiasm, the Satan, the Yitzhara, appeared to them as what? As water, as a river, to stimulate the element of water, to deter them from performing this act. And that's why it said it formed into a big river in front of them. It stimulated the, the element of water to extinguish and cool down that passion to perform Hashem's mitzvah. And that's why we can appreciate Abraham's tefilata, kadosh baruch at the time of the Akedah. He and Yitzchak fought with all their might to fulfill the mitzvah given to them by God. They successfully intensified the element of fire. And now the Satan is coming and wanting to suppress this all of a sudden because he knew what this would mean. The ramifications for future generations if they were able to succeed. So he rallied up all of its strength in this big large river. And then they prayed, gotta help us Hashem. And they were deserving of Hashem's assistance. This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepted his tefillah. Miyad ga'ar HaKadosh Baruch Hu et ha-ma'ayan ve'yavesh et ha-nar ve'amdu be'yabasha. He dried up the river so they could proceed on dry land. This is the midah keneged midah. The, the measure for measure. Just like Abraham and Yitzchak ignited the element of fire within them to prevail over the big river, the water that was trying to suppress their action, so too HaKadosh Baruch Hu dried up the big river with a fire of Kedusha as well. This also provides us with a clearer understanding of the Midrash. In the merit as a reward for splitting the wood twice, he merited that the sea would split on behalf of Bnei Israel. We learned that Abraham Avinu went to perform the Akedah because Hashem commanded him and he did this with a fiery enthusiasm. And this prompted the Satan to confront him with water in an effort to arouse the water to diminish this enthusiasm. And upon realizing the strength of the Satan, Abraham Avinu prayed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ki ma'im ad nafesh, as David HaMelech quoted. The water reached the soul, it's threatening my life. And therefore a miracle was performed. Miyad ga'ar HaKadosh Baruch Hu came the, the Akados Baruch Hu and dried up the water, he dried up the river. Same thing with Nachshon ben Aminadav. At the time of Kiryat Yamsuf, Nachshon ben Aminadav faced an ordeal stemming from the element of water inside of him. It tried to cool down his enthusiasm to try to that he wanted to jump into the sea. And nevertheless, due to his great love for Akados Baruch Hu, he followed in the footsteps of Abraham, of his great-great-grandfather. He ignited the fire that was inside of him to fulfill Hashem's command. Without regard of his own life and his own safety, and there was no life jackets, and there was no boats, I'm just going in. Therefore, the element of fire within him prevailed over the element of water that was within him. And he jumped into the sea. And just as the water of the river miraculously dried up for Abraham, so too did HaKadosh Baruch Hu turn the sea into dry land for Nachshon. And now we can understand why Nachshon ben Aminadav reincarnated into Yosef ben Simai, the man whose courtyard was on fire. 
The goal of religious service is for a man to serve Hashem even with midot, with qualities that are contrary to his nature. And they bring proof to this from the Zohar. The Pasuk states in this week's Perasha, Elohim nisa et Abraham. God tested Abraham and everyone asked the question, wasn't this a test for Yitzchak too? He's the one who's going to be killed. He was 37 years old at the time of the Akedah. He had a whole life ahead of him. Why does the Torah only say it was a test for Abraham? And the Zohar answers this based on the fact that we know that Abraham's midah, his quality was chesed. He served Hashem his entire life. The ordeal of the Akedah, placing his one and only son on top of the Mizbeach and killing him. That required him to do something totally contrary to his nature and midah. It was a formidable test. But for Yitzchak, Yitzchak always served Hashem through deen and judgment. The Akedah, although was a test, but not nearly a great test as it was for Abraham. The goal of religious service is for a man to serve Hashem, even when midot that are contrary to his nature. So now we look at Nachshon ben Aminadab. His willingness to serve his life, to sacrifice his life, involved the element of fire prevailing over water. But this was not a difficult test for him. He was born with this tendency to prioritize the element of fire over water. He had the strength within him. I'm going to jump into the sea. It's not a big deal. We often see people in this world who place their lives in danger because of the element of fire. They'll do anything. They don't even think twice. They just do it. So therefore, yes, it was a great deed. But he needed a tikkun. He needed himself another test. He required a, a minor rectification to serve God with a test that conflicted with his natural midah. He had to empower the element of water within him to cool down the element of fire so that they would not perform so he would not perform an act that was unbefitting to him. And now we understand that Amami Pano, Nachshon ben Aminadav reincarnated into Yosef ben Simai. Why? Because every tzaddik in this world has a shortcoming. Every tzaddik has a personal shortcoming. In the case of Nachshon ben Aminadav, he was not complete because he had not withstood a test that conflicted with his inherent midah. And that was his shortcoming. So in order to give him a tikkun for this shortcoming, HaKadosh Baruch Hu arranged for Nachshon ben Aminadab to reincarnate in Yosef ben Simai. Due to his close relationship with the king, with the government, Yosef ben Simai was a wealthy man. So when a fire broke out in his house, in his palace, his natural tendency should have been to allow the element of fire within him to, uh, to, to prevail and to go quickly put out the fire to save his property. But not only did Yosef ben Simai not extinguish the fire himself because it was Shabbat, but he also didn't allow the Goyim who came to help him to extinguish the fire out of respect for Shabbat. And that was empowering the water inside of him to cool down. He empowered the element of water to cool himself down to refrain from putting out the fire. 
He was metaken, the one thing that he needed to fix. So whereas Nachshon ben Aminadav involved an active deed, igniting the element of fire within him to prevail over the element of water by jumping into the sea, Yosef ben Simai was the opposite. He had to stimulate He had to stimulate the element of water within him to prevail over the element of fire, so that he would refrain from extinguishing the fire that was going to burn down his entire house and all of his belongings. Now we can appreciate Now we can appreciate how both miracles exemplified the principles of Midah Keneged Midah. The waters of the Yamsuf dried up in the merit of Nachshon ben Aminadav, igniting the element of fire within him to cool down the element of water within him, which would have deterred him from jumping into the sea. And at the same time, Yosef ben Simai, the Gilgul of Nachshon ben Aminadav, empowered the element of water within him to cool down and extinguish the element of fire within him so that he would not rush to put out the fire that threatened his home and belongings. In that merit of Midah Keneged Midah, the rain miraculously began to fall, the element of water, and extinguished the fire. And therefore, Nachshon ben Aminadav achieved his complete tikkun by serving God with both opposing Midot from the element of fire and the element of water. And that, Rabotai, is the connection between Abraham Avinu, Yitzchak Avinu, Akedat Yitzchak, and the Keriat Yamsuf. In the Zechut of Abraham splitting that piece of wood, the wood twice, he not only saved himself from the Satan, the Yetzerara, who was trying to prevent him with a large river, and Akadosh Baruch Hu came to save him and split the sea, but in addition, he also was able to set the stage for the future. The future when Bnei Israel would leave Mitzrayim and be stuck at Yam Suf. And Nachshon ben Amiadav would come in and risk his life just like his great-great-grandfather did. And here HaKadosh Baruch Hu will come and save the day again by bringing the fire and splitting the water, drying up the water so that they could walk on dry land. Wishing everybody a wonderful night. The Finding Holiness podcast has been brought to you by Eli's Fine Foods, serving the greater Toronto area for over 25 years. Eli's has been a staple in the kosher food industry, offering catering and takeout options in various locations across the city. For more information, check out their website at elisfinefoods.com. Don't forget to sponsor an episode or Torah class. Email us at findingholiness at gmail.com or support us directly using the link atop the webpage at findingholiness.buzzsprout.com.